but in case of uh, aliens there are certain theories uh, which uh, uh, consider like theoretically or statistically the existence of aliens is approved or accepted uh, in the scientific community in a single galaxy their their computation equation gives around uh, 36 uh, intelligent species and there are millions and millions of galaxies so that means yeah there are billions and billions of intelligent life or in the entire universe combined together so if i can time travel to another universe probably i can uh, so the podcast that we are recording today probably i can go back and watch a podcast which i had recorded maybe uh, four weeks back yes yes but of course what happens is that you will not be in the same universe <laughs> yeah uh, it will be another uh, parallel universe where hello and welcome to another episode of the ironic show thanks for all your love that you have shown to our episodes so far this is the second of the two part special that we recorded with mr jijit nadamuru ravi the first one we released was on the chandrayaan mission uh, isro's missions india's space mission and all that this is more towards ufos aliens you know the spiciest stuff so won't i won't reveal much about this episode i will let you directly slip into it hope you like this episode do share with your friends families enjoy so let me just quickly ask you one thing we all learned about the nine planets and suddenly now we heard that uh, pluto is now a dwarf planet it's no more part of the solar system and all that so w- what is this all about what is pluto pluto doing out of the solar system and is it will it come back to this nine the whole system of the nine planet ah yes yes yeah a lot of a uh, lot of people have asked this question so it is like uh, some uh, i would i have jokingly said that some graha dosha has happened to pluto <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's not uh, like it's not a, nothing like that because the uh, the pluto is pluto uh, irrespective of what uh, our civilization call it mm-hmm. uh, there is no difference in the length uh, i mean diameter has not changed uh, or any size nothing of uh, the pluto has changed so so what happened is that uh, the reason why the pluto is demoted i mean that is one word i know typically people typically use is because of we found so many others like pluto outside uh, yeah. the orbit of pluto so that means uh, if you give a status of uh, planet to pluto then you should be prepared for a minimum a dozen of other dozen mean two or three dozen because we are still discovering okay. two or three or four dozens of uh, plutos pluto like uh, objects uh, in the uh, the outer uh, frontiers of the solar system so i would say the pluto what this graha dosha because of so many others like him uh, to the outside uh, beyond the pluto so uh, what that is a, that is a kind of things then the scientific community made a gathering and then they discuss, they have the same problem that i am in a layman's language what i have expressed mm. same problem they have faced and they decided okay yeah, the plan the, the definition of planet is changed so uh, the, the current definition is that uh, any kind of circular body that is orbiting uh, the uh, orbiting sun in a uh, specific distance like uh, and uh, in a kind of a planar uh, there is a plane oh. of uh, uh, there is a plane uh, defined for uh, the solar system there is all the other planets including earth and uh, like uh, including up to neptune they follow a particular uh, their ellipse uh, follow elliptical orbit follow a certain plane that is the ecliptic uh, the, the 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 plane of the solar system basically and uh, yeah i mean it's a ecliptic because because it is defined based on the orbit of earth mm. so that plane is uh, the plane of the solar system is defined based on the orbital plane of earth so other planets are slightly like 2 degrees 3 degrees uh, kind of deviation from that plane and more or less in the same plane and pluto is in a orbiting in a very you know, around i think if i remember 18 degrees uh, or uh, that much big like uh, like a uh, like kind of slope uh, mm. that is pluto's orbit is uh, like going upwards and downwards uh, on the, uh, the the main plane of the solar system so any such uh, uh, circle circular uh, bodies orbiting uh, uh, the uh, sun is not to be considered as a planet that decision has been made 
because the okay. other people who are like uh, i mean other planets who are like pluto are like that like they are having in a random fact highly highly inclined orbits uh, and highly far away kind of orbits here in there so they were uh, uh, like categorized as uh, there are two terminology like dwarf planets that is a that is a terminology that is currently used for those so there are numerous of them like um, multiples of dozens of them uh, outside the uh, neptune so they pluto is in that category uh, that is how the the pluto is now defined and uh, it uh, doesn't change i mean there is only a classification change pluto is still a very interesting object uh, of a solar system that is why we launched this uh, we had an orbit close orbit around uh, pluto the nasa mission sharon pluto dual system everything is studied and uh, a lot of uh, astronomical interest geological interest in pluto understanding its surface and understanding the mineral mineral composition of the ice on the pluto none of these are changed because of this classification change but of course the children will study that there are eight planets that's a that's a problem okay. and uh, again maybe corollary like uh, our tradition sometimes compare the nine planets with the navagrahas but it is a not correct comparison and now after planets become eight there is even lesser reason for that kind of comparison because navagraha graha means to uh, it is means to hold so hmm. that is why we have a grahi grahi means to you know any kind of handle uh, handle of a pot is called grahi so so the graha means doesn't means that it is a spherical planet or anything like that it graha means hmm. to hold so that in the astronomy or in the astrology the graha has the property of holding the mind of people that is why it is called hmm. graha that is why the, um, the moon is a graha sun is a graha um, then mercury venus uh, uh, mars uh, jupiter and saturn all are grahas because it, uh, astrology believes that uh, the graha these are grahas which can capture the mind of the people so in that way graha doesn't mean a spherical uh, object or nothing like that so that way you don't have to compare the navagrahas with the planets there is no need that comparison is wrong and after demotion of pluto uh, it is even more uh, clear that that will be a very kind of wrong comparison okay okay sir i believe you you have a very i mean the kind of books that you have written, uh, written right uh, wherein you have you know joined the two spheres one is a scientific way of looking at it and and one is a vedic way of looking at it right so yeah through your book the books that you have released what what exactly are you trying to correlate between the space science and the vedic science yeah yes yeah so i don't uh, it's a kind of a coincidence that uh, since childhood i have uh, both the uh, interest on the planets and the, on the astronomy yeah. as well as on the uh, the way the vedas itihasas and puranas and uh, probably after this uh, 40 46 uh, years i feel could be because there is something that i need to do uh, f- uh, as part of my life in bringing these things together so in one way of looking at is is that uh, like humanity or the civilization uh, moves because of two legs one leg is on uh, like placed on the past and the another leg is placed on the future and that is how you move forward i mean not on the path but uh, move uh, as a civilization into the future Yeah. so you should always have uh, the past uh, and understand have a very close sound understanding of the past to move forward into the future so that is way like one way so i have my leg one leg on the past another in the future and uh, i am trying to combine uh, these two knowledges and also understand the the, the harmony and correlation of these two knowledges and uh, that is uh, because since i am because of chance because of some random reason because i was part of these two two different very different domains and divergent domains i am able to see them in lot of correlation together uh, between these and i have i did have many talks uh, on this topic about the dharma and science etc wherein i have uh, in a formal way defined the kind of uh, relationship between what we call dharma and uh, what we call science uh, and all this uh, i have uh, some of the talks i have done and the crux of it is uh, is that uh, there is certain uh, like uni- like unifying or common uh, between what we call modern science and what we call uh, dharma actually because both of them uh, there is no kind of 
dictation like uh, by mm. both signs it will not demand you to believe of something like you should believe like this people believe on signs because of the truth of it like it is true yeah. so nobody pushes it into you nobody push into your thought into your thought but because it is true you believe it same thing about dharma uh, there will not be anybody coming and forcing you to believe in dharma like if you don't believe in dharma uh, i will cut your head or mm. i will kill you i mean that kind of situation is never there it is because dharma a lot of truth, truthful things are mentioned in dharma people believe in that and even if nobody tells anything about dharma people like from including from the west they seek and uh, understand it and then start living by it so there are certain properties which are common for both uh, dharma and science and another thing is uh, uh, both of them have is actually like searching towards the ultimate reality so vedanta if you look at vedanta it is basically defining the, the the fundamental nature of the uh, like uh, reality uh, by ignoring what the mind thinks the mind is something like a kind of a approximation or illusion of the universe and if you want to really understand what is the reality you have to go beyond what the mind suggests that is the vedanta is saying same thing if you look at quantum theory more or less same uh, but it used in a different language mathematical language it will say, say you that uh, the observer uh, is connected with the observed whatever you are observing that is the universe mm. is connected with uh, your observation so because that is why when you are looking at the electron it will move in a different direction if you don't look it will behave differently so there is uh, see till that point quantum theory people uh, until the like, development of the quantum theory people thought that uh, the universe will behave exactly like this even if you observe it or not whether you are observing it or whether you are not observing it whether you are asleep or awake universe mm-hmm. will behave same way but after quantum theory uh, emerged now people understand like when you look at things it will behave in a certain way if you don't look at things it will behave in a different way so you as an observer has an important uh, role in what is being observed so that means mind or your mind is connected with your the universe that is you observing uh, so that no. is uh, the that means the there is a kind of entanglement of your own uh, the observer's mind with the, what is being observed or the universe which is pretty much equal to whatever vedanta is also saying so you have a kind of uh, uh, like a similarity between dharma and science as if there are no boundaries between them okay okay uh, sir now talking about the uh, books again coming back to your book there i think there is a book that you have written on rigveda as well yeah yes yes so again the same question so given all our ancient history i don't like calling it mythology the ramayana and mahabharats so the things that have been stated out there right uh, there were a lot of things that science has discovered just now but uh, things were i mean written in our vedic history the vedic uh, the religious books that we have a lot earlier so how do you think that was possible that at that point of time with no scientific advancement or anything how was that possible just to give you an example uh, i have spoken this in my earlier podcast as well i think uh, hanuman chalisa that we read right the distance between the earth and the sun it was uh, mentioned i mean almost close to what exactly is the distance between earth and sun at that point of how is that possible how do you think was yeah yes yes so um, a lot of it is uh, because of uh, there is also certain ignorance uh, in terms of uh, understanding hmm. uh some of the scientific achievements in the ancient past uh so for example if you if you look at the western science has progressed a lot uh from around uh, 1600 B, uh, ce last 400 uh, years like you said with uh, starting with uh, copernicus uh, mm-hmm. then galileo isaac newton that is where the renaissance started and the western science started focusing on these kind of discoveries so till that period till that point of time Uh, the pioneers in science uh, was in bharata in india mm. so the science was uh, spearheaded by the uh, thinkers in india so that is why we have kanada uh, as uh, the first to think about uh, the atoms 
Shushruta's uh, surgical instruments. Even today also the medical uh, in the medical science, it is the same surgical ins- instruments defined by Sushruta that is being used even today in surgery. Maybe there are some few yeah. more devices that has come into the picture, but uh, a large number of devices that current doctors use are coming from uh, uh, Sushruta's surgical uh, tool set. Yeah. So these are all the kind of, and you know about the metallurgy, iron, uh, for a long period until the colonization of British uh, colonization of India, uh, the iron technology was only known in India. How to create iron uh, without rust? Uh, how to create uh, weapon steel steel uh, steel uh, blades, steel swords, mm. uh, steel uh, steel uh, pillars, the uh, pillars which are not not rusting by adding carbon into it uh, and. Uh, and, and not just adding carbon, but in exact proportion so that it is exactly a uh, very powerful uh, kind of uh, metal steel. All yeah. these technologies were there and uh, this went out of India only during colonization period. Shipbuilding is another thing. So uh, our engineering and science were uh, at a very high level. And uh, because uh, two things, uh, some renaissance related new in, in new kind of a society emerged in Europe. And exactly the same time, uh, Indian society become uh, like uh, enslaved because of colonization and uh, other other things, starting from 10th century onwards or 7th century onwards. So this is why we are in a very momentary or temporarily we were a little bit below uh, or uh, we got lost track in terms of uh, being the leaders of uh, science. That is what maybe a thousand five hundred years we were a little bit. Uh, slow or uh, suppressed and we were not part of the science. actual active growth of the science even then we have a nobel prize winners like cv raman and mm-hmm. amarajan uh, even when you are re- recovering back we had that kind of a, uh, mm-hmm. science so that is the background uh, i would say uh, so what i would uh, to, then coming to answer your question so we have a very long history of uh, understanding the things properly and sometimes some of these things are uh, non and then you lo- lose it. Yeah. So there was an earlier period wherein you know about you now some astronomy traditions, etc. Where you have this knowledge. Uh, for, for example, we have not yet explored the Harappan uh, knowledge. Because a uh, lot of things are in seals, uh, uh, Harappan seals in, in, I, in Harappan language, IVC script, etc. We have not completely deciphered them. And but uh, a lot of uh, information in the Harappan seals are captured in the uh, Sanskrit literature, but it is in a bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So these things will keep on appearing like a part of Rigveda. There are certain information related to precision of equinox, changing of the, uh, the calendar based on the uh, precision of equinox related impacts. The first first uh, first nakshatra earlier it was Kartika. Mm-hmm. when the Pandavas were ruling and then it become Harani and currently it is Ashwati Nashatra is the first uh, uh, Nashatra. These, these, these changes are because uh, the, they record the precision of equinox and this is all recorded in the Ritihasa Pirana. So similarly in the even in later literature like Hanuman Chalisya some of this information that is in bits and pieces appeared in some manner or other. That is how it is coming in like this. Okay. Now, sir, coming back to space, we spoke a lot about our space missions in the uh, first podcast that we did. So, tell us some secrets about the space that uh, the common public does not have knowledge about. And being a scientist, that gives you the privilege to know about these things about space. Yeah, you mean the, uh, the I cannot talk about any secret missions, but no, uh, obviously secrets about, Yeah, secrets about the space in the sense, uh, like uh, the something that I usually talk about is. Like we need to classify the aliens. Uh, the alien hmm. presence is something. Uh, because currently the people classify, the common people classify it as equivalent to something like ghost, Bhuta, Preta, and such kind of. So there is a distinction for the aliens because compared to the other phenomena like uh, ghost uh, and uh, like uh, paranormal activities, the aliens are actually scientifically accepted as a reality. Scientific so, community. So, do yeah. you just just to ask you, do you believe in aliens and do you believe that they exist? And does the scientific yeah, community I, believe that they exist? Yes, yes. So that's what I'm saying. So we need to recategorize uh, 
the aliens are not equivalent to on or uh, on par with ghost or anything like that because okay. there is no scientific theory about ghost mm-hmm. so far uh, of course it is uh, ghost is classified as a psychological phenomena that it is a kind of a uh, kind of a uh, entity that is created by human mind that is how okay. the science is classifying it but beyond that they don't say either yes or no about whether ghost exists or not but in case of uh, aliens there are certain theories uh, which uh, like uh, consider like theoretically or statistically the existence of aliens is approved or accepted in the scientific community so there is for example there is a drake equation uh, which is basically uh, looking at a lot of parameters like the age of the universe around 13.5 billion years and then age of earth 4.7 billion years so compared to all of this uh, you, they will take into consideration all of this and then they uh, um, they also know about this uh, generations of stars like there was a first generation star after the birth of the universe uh, with uh, only hydrogen as the gas and then uh, hydrogen fusion occurred and helium created and then there was a second generation of stars with uh, hydrogen and helium and that produced uh, lithium uh, carbon and other uh, such uh, 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 elements and then uh, by the end of the second generation all the elements in the periodic table was uh, available uh, create put in the stellar core because of fusion reactions and sun is a third generation star with all the uh, elements so it has it has contained inside that hydrogen and helium and then little bit of uh, this uh, lithium beryllium carbon oxygen and other gases nitrogen everything so that is uh, when it has happened everything that has to be cre- uh, that is required for creating a human body was created in the stars and uh, in then the planets like earth uh, like started existing so yeah, the earth around 4.7 billion years and based on oh. certain calculation if you have 4 billion years of habitable planet existence if a, if a planet exists in, in a habitable zone of a star for around 4 billion to 4.5 billion years then life like uh, human life kind of life intelligent life will start living in that planet they will they will emerge in that planet like that they have computed and they found that uh, there are uh, around 36 possible there are 36 uh, like uh, earth like planets with intelligent species in the galaxy in the in the milky way galaxy so 36 or about 36 36 planets where consciousness yeah. is there and this is within the milky way galaxy in the in the milky way galaxy this is what okay. uh, they have calculated so and there sir sorry i'm just interrupting you once more here and there are yes. galaxies beyond milky way correct yes and so do you think that there are consciousness in those galaxies as well yeah that's what i'm coming from so in a single galaxy their their computation equation gives around uh, 36 uh, intelligent species and there are millions and millions of galaxies so that means yeah there are billions and billions of intelligent life or in the entire universe combined together wow so uh, this is a kind of a scientifically derived uh, equation and scientifically derived values that is provided uh, like that so uh, as far as and this is this kind of the statistics is similar or on similar to you now the statistics used for uh, like computing the amount of dark matter in the universe everywhere the same statistics is used like based on lot of parameters they enter into the equation and give a approximate value of the things dark matter is this much uh, and uh, uh, dark energy is this much similarly is exactly similar there is that around 36 uh, intelligent species in the galaxy that is also automatically coming out of a similar kind of a statistics and then Uh, it is about just one galaxy then you have billions of galaxies so mm. there is that is 6 billion or larger number of uh, intelligent species now it comes to qualifying the intelligent species like our earth uh, we were uh, like uh, i mentioned about the past i mentioned about uh, bharya civilization so that time it is a local civilization like we have the harappan uh, or the rigvedic civilization on in india at the same time you have egyptian uh, sumerian uh, uh, mesopotamian Uh, and then chinese or mines and all kinds of islands of civilization all over the world so that was that kind of period ended uh, by around uh, uh, like uh, nine, uh, 1500 uh, start the this uh, local civilization start interacting each other 
at that time uh, you know finding out uh, uh, another civilized people of another civilization was equivalent of finding an alien for us because they okay. they were totally yeah. different and following different cultures yes so now in future the similar things are going to happen wherein uh, instead of, now currently we are in an island uh, now we feel like you are in an island like just like the ancient bharatiya civilization was a kind of island in india uh, island of civilization in india and slowly we started contacting with the greeks and then uh, other thing the, the mesopotamian oh. greeks so similarly we will also have a period wherein we interact with other civilization in the across the galaxy etc but for that uh, i just need some introductory understanding so uh, any kind of civilization including our civilization undergo into three four five stages like one is the local civilization that i am talking about today we are in the second stage the global civilization which means that entire planet is known to everybody everybody okay. in planet earth knows e- uh, each other uh, in terms of uh, the entire planet is familiar to them like a global village that is the period we are living and subsequently we are making baby steps into the inter planetary civilization so chandrayaan 2 3 missions mangalyaan missions all these things are baby steps into becoming an interplanetary civilization so it will eventually result into colonization colonization in the sense that uh, we will start uh, uh, living on uh, moon so there are three industries which will trigger spearhead this uh, pla- uh, this uh, interplanetary civilization one is tourism another is mining industry another is military so first we will have military base then the mining industry will start uh, creating mine mines in these uh, uh, like uh, moon asteroids uh, mars and uh, uh, satellites of uh, jupiter and saturn so all these things will happen finally tourism will start happen in all these places uh, this can also be going be going, uh, going in parallel in in, in in steps so as a result ultimate result will be by around uh, 2100 that is by the turn of this century we will be in the become an interplanetary civilization with the presence in moon permanent presence in moon and mars etc yeah yeah coming to the alien part of it uh, so there are so do you think this higher consciousness i mean uh, the beings that they exist so do they visit earth just to as like we are curious right to go and find out is there any habitation is there any consciousness is there any intelligent species in other planet like mars or the uh, moon so do you think these yeah. beings that are not accessible to us at this point of time they are also coming to earth looking i mean their own research research missions where they are trying to find yeah. connections to us yeah in a way but uh, it's not like exactly like we think for example mm-hmm. like uh, i mentioned about this evolution of the uh, uh, the civilization so you have local global and interplanetary i mentioned until that stage next stage yeah. is interstellar so uh, you will be having uh, presence in proxima centauri etc i am saying the same thing aliens also do no that's what i am saying so uh, you have interstellar civilization and the last stage is the galactic civilization so they will be familiar with the whole of the galaxy okay and then intergalactic like they will start interacting with the other galaxies and then the cosmic all over the universal civilization and uh, no inter intercosmic so that uh, different five six seven stages it will go so the people who are coming here so intelligent species who are coming here they are at the stage of you know the local civilization stage they have crossed anyway because global civilization stage they have crossed interplanetary civilization they close because they are coming out of their plan- their the stellar system so these people are either interstellar uh, at a interstellar level so they are coming to another star uh, like uh, and or at intergalactic level hmm. so there are uh, this uh, the aliens coming here they have crossed the first stage second stage third stage that is they are not on, not only i mean uh, gone beyond the interplanetary stage they are in interstellar or galactic stage so now you if you answer your question people who are interstellar they may be maybe little more curious to know about what is happening on the planet earth <clears throat> they may be like even they have a they can have a positive or negative attitude towards you either they may try to conquer the earth uh, or uh, maybe even beneficial also that can yeah. be things but none of this are ha- not happening here uh, uh, there was i mean unless in science fiction there is no attempt of any aliens to do anything harmful on the planet earth there is nothing has been reported they are only do like some crop circles are created 
and as far as studies are concerned they are only creating some beneficial environment in uh, planet whenever crop surface is created it is equivalent mm. to some uh, like a uh, some rangoli <laughs> the giving a kind of auspicious positive energy in that area so as far as uh, evidence are concerned they are only doing benevolent things on the planet earth uh, sometimes there is a kind of reports it saying some aliens uh, protected uh, humans from tunguska event there is part of a russian uh, book on the ufos in U- ussr all, all these things are so <clears throat> what we understand it predominantly the people or the alien presence in the planet could be galactic so when you have a galactic civilization they will be mostly neutral to the planets like earth which is many multiple levels lower than uh, their civilizational growth they are very matured they will be very matured into the civilization so that they don't really i mean the what is uh, earth's natural resources and all nothing for them uh, it is like uh, uh, trying to sell a 5 rupee note mm. to a millionaire so uh, unless i don't believe in the kind of theories in the science fiction movies and novels which uh, says that a, a highly matured civilization the galactic civilization level uh, aliens or uh, civilization individuals of that civilization will try to do anything positive or negative uh, or at least not the one do anything negative to a planet like earth so and that is also what happens i mean based on our understanding of whatever uh, theories or practical understanding that we have about aliens this is what we come to know so you just mentioned about crop circles right so many a times uh, when this crops the theory of crop circle has come out there i mean in, sorry not the theory the instances of crop circles being created has come out there has been uh someone who has claimed that okay i created it right and uh, just when you're about to think okay this is something alien force that has done it it just you know uh, just completely uh, uh, drowns it out so do you believe that someone can create a crop circle in a crop circle any human being is it possible for a human being to create something so symmetrical yeah that's what uh, actually i heard uh, yesterday also had a say, uh, similar talk uh, so so what happened is that there was a lot of crop circle emerging uh, in different parts of the world and uh, by looking at the the there sometimes there may be 500 in my 500 meters large yeah or even kilometers large crop circles were seen and in order to study that people have created artificial crop circles by like uh, keeping cameras on in front mm. of the camera like uh, they have documented the entire process of creation etc people have artificially created crop circles but when you uh, when you when you look at from it from the top they were feel the the kind of impression that uh, people uh, the people who reviewed it what is that it is uh, very imperfect so okay whatever crop circle circles created using a, a kind of a camera shoot or a documentation uh, by artificially like a human beings you know whether we can create it somebody can manually create it or artificially created they tried it and they they more or less achieved a pattern but it was imperfect so this is also their part of if you if you interlude the internet you, you can get that uh, the final result oh. was that there is an uh, that um, artificially created crops crops the circles were very imperfect compared to whatever naturally formed uh, in certain areas like so this is still an unresolved question like whenever you document the crop circles whatever result you get is not exactly you know whatever uh, crop circles you get to see where you don't know who created it so what you're trying to say here is like we uh, you know make those rangolis during and we consider them as auspicious uh during yes. the festivals that we do so you are saying that these are aliens creating these uh, similar uh, symbols for them yes yes that is one theory okay. because uh, people have studied uh, the rangoli and this uh, column floral decorations that uh, that we make in in, uh, in india of course many other cultures but morally morals today we see the hindus are creating floral decorations etc and then they compared it with the uh, crop circles so they they saw some similarities and uh, if you ask any anybody like in indian culture where they are created to create an auspicious energy mm-hmm. so it is basically correcting the mind uh, so whenever anybody looks at a, a kind of a, a rangoli in front of the house uh, that sight uh, creates some corrections in the mind and that is what the purpose of the rangolis and all the floral uh, decorations 
uh, this flower patterns, etc. Even you can see it in temple sculptures, a mm -hmm. lot of patterns. So these patterns purpose is to rectify the defects in mind. So something uh, and because of the similarities of these patterns and the uh, the kind of patterns that aliens are creating or unknown people. I mean, maybe I will use that terminology. Unknown people are creating there. They are actually healing. Uh, there's a healing patterns. Okay. And and naturally, anybody looks at these uh, uh, patterns. They also have a similar effect of looking at a rangoli uh, or a, a kind of a pattern which uh, heals the mind. So God that is one purpose. Aliens. Yeah. Yes. God bless the aliens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and so there from, is a, yeah. yeah. So there is another theory that, that they are using the aliens are using certain energy like cymatics. Hmm. So then energy vibrations also uh, like for example if you use a spoon and touch the glass with water it creates some patterns. Uh, for the various sounds the, there are certain patterns created on the surface of uh, water. So similarly the aliens have certain energy uh, you know create producing uh, kind of uh, machines or something which. Uh, when it's switched on, it creates the same pattern, and but that pattern got recorded on the uh, grass and create that pattern there. This is another uh, another uh, alternative theory, but both more or less both theories looks uh, having some overlaps. Okay, so just again out of my curiosity, our organization in India, like ISRO and all, are we doing some study on aliens? No. Uh, Unfortunately, no, uh, the ISRO, uh, because uh, we are very much uh, the, in the ISRO side, the, 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 there is a lot of practicality into the missions mm. we are doing, very much uh, focused uh, every single rupee uh, in an efficient manner. We are focused on uh, the launches and missions. And that way, so because of that, uh, there is no active uh, team formed for uh, studying mm. the uh, crop circles or aliens. But there are a lot of uh, other organizations uh, which are partially connected with space agencies or not connected uh, who are focused on this. So we have heard a lot about USS Area 51, which is I think in Nevada or somewhere. Uh, so do you believe that particular Area 51 has aliens? I mean, where US is carrying out studies on aliens? Is there, there is any tangible proof uh, of that? Yeah, here uh, unfortunately I have I have only the same information that you have. Okay. Uh, whatever is in the literature uh, available, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, this this is this, this uh, the reports are coming, but uh, as a person individual, I I was not coming across uh, any uh, kind of personal detailed study into the area area of uh, fifty five that uh, that area. So I cannot uh, like maybe on an authoritative manner I cannot comment anything mm -hmm. on that. So hopefully someday we find someone like uh, PK or uh, the Koi Milga movie Jadu. We find we'll find it somewhere in India. Okay. So moving on from UFO and aliens, uh, sir, what does science say about time travel? Is it is it a proven fact that people can or the information can time travel? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So again, just like this uh, Drake equation that giving rise to this uh, around 36 intelligent species mm -hmm. possible in the in the, the galaxy, uh, Albert Einstein's equations uh, directly. It doesn't prohibit any kind of uh, time travel forward and backward. Okay. Uh, so that st starting since the uh, special and general theory of relativity, that possibility is there. And after Albert Einstein, people have studied uh, various ways in which uh, how can you travel into future and past. And uh, they have added uh, uh, certain uh, methodologies like a wormhole, uh, creating a wormhole and, uh, uh, and even a black hole interior is a wormhole. Yeah, uh, which is a little bit difficult uh, terrain to travel, but uh, nevertheless, uh, one uh, rough way we can travel into the uh, future or past, etc. So, uh, the cosmology and the general uh, and special theory of relativity absolutely gives no no blockage to time travel. But there are certain other theories like thermodynamics and entropy, uh, which uh, actually prohibit uh, time travel to past, so that. Time travel to future is still okay, but time travel to past, the certain uh, like principles like entropy and thermodynamics uh, will not allow actually. So that is where like, if you combine both, then you have seen that uh, future time travel to future is somehow allowed uh, in a combined, if you combine the thermodynamics and entropy hmm. with the uh, special and general theory of relativity. 
but in the past it is a little bit restricted but there also people have find different ways to overcome it see for example in a kind of a uni- uh, if it is a single universe like our universe is the only universe then uh, uh, there is also cause effect relationship with preventing time power into the past for example if you go and kill your grandfather the grandfather paradox mm-hmm. so if you go and kill your grandfather then you your grandfather is not not there then then he, your father will not be there and you will, yourself will not be there so that kind of paradox so there okay. also you now the science comes up with the multiverse concept this is the origin of the concept of multiverse mm-hmm. which we could see in some serials and movies they right. use that that concept but the real origin of the multiverse is basically to solve the problems like this so then what this says is that there are exact replica copies of the universe and every event every event happens in the uh, in any moment is actually creating a, a divergent copies of the same universe like that it is the large number the infinite number of same universes are there in that is called the multiverse concept so if you when you are going into the past Hmm. you are not actually going into the same universe but in a parallel universe and you are killing the grandfather there automatically the your copy in that particular universe will not be there but every other universe the exactly it will be the same thing you you will be having that you will be there so this is when the time travel is not prohibited in a multiverse but of course it is prohibited in a uh, universe i mean time travel to the past so if i can time travel to another universe probably i can uh, so the podcast that we are recording today probably i can go back and watch a podcast which i had recorded maybe 4 uh, weeks back yes yes but of course what happens is that you will not be in the same universe yeah <laughs> it will be another uh, parallel universe where this uh, this will be happening that's so how- that is the only difference uh, have you seen the movie interstellar yeah yes 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 so is it a close or uh, uh, i mean uh, how the the kind of uh, things that they have shown in the at the end of the movie if you remember so is it quite close to what uh, multiverse will look like or multiverse looks like yeah yes so interstellar because any theory which proce- uh, like uh, which uh, possesses the uh, travel to past uh, has to automatically stick mm. to the multiverse theory and uh, of course the multiverse exists in a kind of a multidimensional space so that is why you see that opening in the in the ceiling and then the person coming from the ceiling into into the room it's basically from another dimension the person is coming in so the multiverse uh, the parallel universe exists in another another dimension right not not in the uh, like uh, four dimensions of uh, time and space of our universe so it will be a fifth or sixth dimension from where it will be the multiverse the people from multiverse will come into our universe and uh, these are all very dramatic things but oh. there are certain easier things in terms of time travel because uh, it which doesn't involve uh, physical matter traveling that is uh, like your human body is not traveling so that is the concept of information tra- travel okay so basically like anything can be transmitted as an information so for example even our body is nothing but a, a lot of information like uh, our genetical code is an information so oh. and uh, all the thoughts in our mind everything is information so there is a possibility of transmitting uh, your thoughts and uh, connecting it with the machine in the future and if the machine is able to absorb all your thoughts like for example assume that it is a kind of a futuristic robot with a mm-hmm. brain uh, in uh, 2050 uh, sorry or uh, 2500 ce there is a robot with a brain capable of uh, holding all of the thoughts of a human boy a human being uh, then you can actually create a uh, transmitter uh, in uh, 23 uh, 2023 and transmit your thoughts into that future into that machine and that machine will become you because uh, your brain will be totally copied into that machine and then it will assume that it has got all the five senses using mm-hmm. electronics eyes ears and everything so you can see everything there in the future so yeah oh. there is not actual body travel but uh, your information is traveling your thoughts your identity i mean the face definitely it's your identity your thoughts your memory and the, your thoughts and memory uh, together it is your identity so your mm-hmm. identity is transferred into that future robot and if you have a uh, everything not only brain but you have all the five senses electronically or organically and also your body skin everything pretty much you are already there that is also on possibility 
<laughs> I don't want this to end. Okay. Uh, Jiddi sir, you mentioned about the black hole, right? So how does a black hole, it is, I mean, if I have to just explain it, it's very huge mass that has been, uh, you know, that has just compressed itself and nothing can pass through it. And I don't think even light can pass through a black hole. And the gravitational yeah. pull is way higher than anything else. So, and if I have to compare the mass of a black hole, even the smallest of a, uh, the smallest of small uh, black hole will, will have a mass of maybe a mountain. So how does that overall black hole concept work? And how, what does a black hole signify? What is the, I mean, is there any advantage, disadvantage of black hole existing in somewhere in the space? Yeah, I think uh, uh, the, the black hole basically the, is a kind of a natural resource that we have uh, for uh, for us to use, utilize. I mean, some in sometimes in future hmm. we will use the black hole for creating uh, very uh, like energy sources because okay. black hole has got a radiation. So starting with the Stephen Hawking's theories earlier, the black hole is considered as only an absorbent; it absorbs all the energy and gives out nothing. But uh, there are new theories uh, from Stephen, Haw- Stephen Hawking, etc. So black hole can uh, radiate some energy actually. Okay. So uh, because uh, then because of that, people have thought of multiple usages of black holes. Like you can create a uh, drive. Uh, you can have a kind of a, a, what you call rocket engine or a, a warp drive engine for your spacecrafts. If, if you are able to control the black hole's energy. So there is microscopic black hole. So it's not like whatever black holes you are seeing on the core of the uh, stars, which are huge and sometimes as big as that. Mm. But you can actually, if you have the sufficient technology, you can actually have a black hole in a small tennis table. It's you know, a small tennis table can ha- can have a black hole, <coughs> small mm. black hole with a less number, less amount of matter. But if it becomes a black hole, then you can have a perpetual radiation coming from that black hole, which can propel uh, spacecrafts. This is one thing use of it. And then <clears throat> if you have a proper control of the black hole, you can create warm poles for traveling into uh, f- past and future, subject to other theories I mentioned. So time tra- black holes as a time travel, uh, enabling natural resources, black holes as energy sources for uh, launch vehicle, uh, not launch vehicle, but spacecrafts. The launch vehicle means it's very dangerous because it can explode and destroy also. So that kind of thing. So um, once you are, this, it's currently black hole is like an elephant, mm-hmm. but we are not a tamed it. You, you don't know how to tame it, but once you tame it, then it becomes a very important uh, technology piece for you, for enabling you to do a lot of things like time travel, energy, uh, perpetual energy production, etc. Okay. So uh, maybe just out of curiosity, I don't know, it could be a very stupid question for me to ask. Uh, the Malaysian airline MS370, which disappeared, suddenly disappeared. So do you believe that, uh, I mean, it could have been uh, pulled in by a black hole? Now that's a kind of a little far-fetched because uh, presence of black hole in the earth uh, is typically not, uh, not uh, like it's not a verified uh, kind of a postulation okay. because uh, it, it will create a lot of other ramifications like and it assumes that you have a perfect control of the black hole but not exactly that technology uh, as of now we don't have it so there could be a lot of other reasons like uh, low pressure uh, create you know pockets of low pressure etc which can create the that disappearance problem that is mentioned in that but of course things are open but uh, black hole is a kind of a very far-fetched theory, I feel, in that area. Uh, so coming back to the space program, so India, other than the Mars mission and the uh, lunar mission, are, what are the other space programs that India or history, if I have to uh, talk about, what are the other space, yeah. space programs that we are involved into or what we are trying to do in our, the other space programs? Uh, yes, uh, the, the immediate after the Chandrayaan-3 is the Gaganyaan. Uh, there are two missions, Gaganyaan 1 and 2. Uh, successive missions. So, first mission is a test mission of uh, sending a person into the spacecraft or revolving an, uh, around Earth. So, that is another asset I mentioned like launching capability, uh, landing capability and uh, rover capability on mode. This is another uh, capability that we will be building that we Indians will be able to send people into space. So, that is the objective of Gaganyan. So, and Gaganyan 2 
first is a test mission gaganya 2 is a real mission with a real person inside mm. and they will be so then you will have astronauts etc that start at point onwards we will be having astronauts uh, for our indian missions and we will have a manned missions to outer uh, like outer planets i mean okay. a manned mission to out of earth to moon and to mars etc um, the second one is uh, israel is morely more focused uh, on and uh, outside of earth they are more focused on orbital missions and landing missions of unmanned missions uh, so you have uh, adityan which for, go and study the sun and then you have uh, subsequently uh, there is some plan of uh, uh, studying the outer planet we uh, have venus also and uh, the orbital missions for the venus and then outer planet starting with jupiter like bhaspatiyan these are all pipelined in the coming two decades so it's like Uh, from the by the period of her 1930s and 40s uh, you will have these missions okay so one of the person uh, globally who is taking at this space program is elon musk and he also congratulated isro on the launch of chandrayaan 3 so what do you think of elon musk's uh, space program and the kind of uh, stuff he is doing with nasa and everything so what is your overall thought on uh, his space program yeah i feel that Uh, Elon Musk country into the uh, space program, the SpaceX. That's a kind of yeah. a milestone because uh, uh, having a non-government player into the space uh, is also kind of enriching the ecosystem a little bit more mm-hmm. compared to that uh, it is being attempted by only the governments. And this is an anticipated uh, steps uh, that a lot of private agencies will start coming into play into the space. So now we have a kind of a terminology called aerospace. Uh, where both private and public partnerships are there mm. in the aero part you have a lot of it but in space we have very less uh, private yeah. partnership private players and that is getting changed you say because of elon musk and uh, spacex and i really welcome uh, that and uh, see in the newspapers and all we you you typically see some pieces written on competitions like competition between isro and nasa <coughs> or mm. competition between isro and spacex <coughs> but in reality it is not there because uh, outer space is a cooperative environment where uh, people help each other <clears throat> nasa has helped a lot uh, isro similarly uh, a lot of help from russia and then uh, lot there is a lot of exchange of data also like every mission data hmm. we exchange it with uh, nasa or spacex they will give us uh, insights based on their missions so all the space agencies are working in a cooperative manner okay so do you think now if indian billionaires uh... similar to what elon musk is doing i'm not talking about maybe starting a parallel uh, organization private organization maybe they can come and join hands with isro and yes put in their money yeah. so that india space mission can just take off from there if yeah, private absolutely. players like yes sir yeah uh, that is also an absolute uh, kind of uh, mix uh, mixture uh, of this uh, private public partnership hmm. um the millionaires have to do it and then there are also organizations uh, which has to do it uh, so many it organization like currently i am working in this uh, tata lexi so uh, they are also uh, privately participating in certain missions uh, with uh, isro so this kind of a partnership should grow and it should be nurturing uh, further uh, and it will be beneficial for uh, not only those individuals uh, or individual businessman or organization but uh, for isro it will be like a kind of an overall benefit it's like adding 1 plus 1 plus 1 and you mm. get 5 like the sum of parts more than the greater than the the parts added so that is a win win situation for everybody thank you jiji sir i think uh, this has been a really heavy discussion that we had that we had and probably i will have to again come back to this podcast you know uh, go through it couple of times and then it will probably uh, then i will get a hang of, of of the overall discussion and same goes with the listeners they will have to come back to this podcast once again okay so before we let you go sir i just wanted to uh, know about the books that you have released and i think there is one more to come in 2024 yeah yes yes so uh, currently i um, uh, have completed a book on the rigveda that is the rivers hmm. of rigveda so uh, second one is the geography of ramayana which is a continuity of that so uh, of course uh, these uh, people may say that what is that is common about rigveda and uh, ramayana but 
if you read the book you will see that uh, there is a continuity a chronological continuity mm. from rigveda to ramayana and a geographical continuity from rigveda to ramayana and the third book is about mahabharata and it is a part of this uh, it's a trilogy basically so starting with okay. rigveda ramayana and the third ending at mahabharata so tri- the trilogy ends at mahabharata again the same uh, chronological continuity from ramayana can be seen in mahabharata and uh, geographical continuity from uh, ramayana is seen in the mahabharata so it is like first time in uh, first time in the history of books i am connecting rigveda ramayana and mahabharata into a single unit uh, like a garland uh, mm-hmm. a kind of a thread uh, using two threads one is geography another one is chronology using two threads the three uh, like uh, books are connected rigveda ramayana and mahabharata so that's about these three books and lot of insights dozens of insights that people have uh, not not known yet Uh, regarding the uh, rama and uh, rama's journey and also in mahabharata so i am solving a lot of things in the first book rivers of rigveda primarily i have solved the location of sarayu river which was a puzzling for uh, many of the uh, rigveda researchers in the ramayana book i solved the uh, the kind of anomalies uh, related to the positioning of uh, panchavadi lanka and uh, kishkinda which is in between and to the west of panchavadi and between lanka and uh, panchavadi the bishkinda has to locate so none of the earlier theories were able to solve that problem it is a total problem uh, in when you read the ramayana and uh, in case of mahabharata i am solving uh, the ages the the relative age of uh, bhishma and pandavas this is again a confused uh, situation in mm. uh, in all the previous books and all the previous analysis i am getting correct uh, age of uh, pandavas somewhere in the middle ages when they are participating in the kurukshetra war so three riddles also solved as part of my analysis and it is completely refuting the aryan invasion theory and uh, establishing the out of india theory uh so this could sound a bit rude question but uh, do you think as a scientist when you talk about this uh, you know vedic uh, principles or uh, researching on ramayan mahabharata is there a section of the society that uh says ki yaar ye being a scientist what what the hell is he doing is is the have you faced such questions uh, no so far i have uh, because my stated position is uh, dharma and science are uh, integral u- part of a single unit uh, so hmm. uh, there is no difference between uh, like uh, for example the rishis themselves were like scientists right the rigvedic rishis uh, or the rishis who are during the ramayana or the pandava era they were themselves scientists they were pioneers of discoveries so mm. uh, like uh, what we call yoga and dhyana that is uh, we also call tapas that is pretty much that is the main purpose of it is ekagrata that is a, a uniform thought of the mind and that uh, thought is resulting into discoveries mm. so whatever scientist is doing is a tapas because they are also doing a their mind is focused on a certain thing and it is due to this focus into a certain things that they discover things so there is no difference like so if you look at from the point of view the scientists are all rishis basically because they are focusing their mind on a certain thing and giving out a result phala the result which are beneficial for the world rishis also was doing same thing they were concentrating on something and then create some phala or fruit which is beneficial for the entire world vyasa has concentrated a lot and then as a result of that he created mahabharata a big fruit which even today we uh, it is beneficial benefiting the entire world and vatmiki also concentrated on the life of uh, sri rama the phala or the fruit is ramayana so similarly the scientists focus on things and they discover uh, relativity theory or quantum theory and or, or some technology it's benefiting all the human uh, all the people our life has changed so a lot of comfort has come in this because of these Uh, tapasya also uh, when a scientist does it it's also like they are living in a secluded life with uh, very less interaction with mm. their family etc they are doing all their hard work there there is a result of it uh, the some result or phala comes and that helps the entire uh, community same thing the rishis were doing the rishis went to forest the, the scientist went to labs so that is already <laughs> Uh, sir, I cannot thank you enough. This has been such a wonderful discussion and topics, which is I think really of interest. The topic around aliens, UFO, and all that. 
the topic of multiverse right uh, so i had a really wonderful time i had really wonderful time discussing all these uh, you know concepts with you so just wanted to know from you how was your experience in the podcast yeah it is it was uh, very much uh, interesting i look forward uh, for the release of it and the reception of the podcast and i wish all the best uh, you have asked the right questions uh, very much uh, relevant and focused ones so that i was able to answer it uh, with uh, a lot of focus so a lot of uh, appreciation for your questions and your thank you sir podcast thank yeah. you sir thank you lord digit sir and we look forward to having you again on the show sometime and probably discuss something else with you uh, on your books and all the best for your book the release of your book the next book thank you thank you